Hello, Docalos. Remember when I used to call you guys that? Like, uh, it's, you know, like Juggalos, but for people who like documentaries. What good times those were. Uh, did I say all this the last time I left and came back? Uh, we are, well, we are back, but uh, not quite like before, but in a very obviously evolved way. And why not just use the Documenteers feed as the obvious next step? Because the history of the Documenteers absolutely matters in our next venture, which involves film discussion. You see, when we started the Documenteers, I was a wee babe wanting to contribute to the crowded landscape of podcasting. Uh, a, a landscape that is no less crowded today. I was completely frustrated in those days at my inability to make my show not sound like it was recorded in a Costco break room. Like you, I've listened to a significant amount of podcasts in my day. Discussing something I already enjoyed, like documentaries, seemed like a unique angle, and it was. In terms of podcasts about documentaries specifically, we stood out well and we held up at the top of that very specific category for a few years until the uh, Tig Notaro and Cheryl Hines documentary podcast came out. I believe it's called True Story. Though they did release that show after we first stopped, we were only around a couple more months when we returned, but still, they were like a Walmart in a small town called Documentary Podcasts. And they brought their their fan bases into the doc discussion game. That didn't really have anything to do with me stopping the show, but I do feel mildly competitive with that podcast when I uh, recall that it exists. Angela actually listened to that podcast for a while, which is kind of like owning an Italian restaurant and then going out to eat at Olive Garden, you know? I think she stopped after a while, though. But look, anyway, doing the documenteers, I found myself turning back into the, the little movie nerd I was in my early 20s. When I first met Angela so many years ago, so many fucking years ago, damn, uh, we would hang out and watch all of the movies made by certain directors, particularly folks like Stanley Kubrick, David Cronenberg, John Waters, Terry Gilliam, and more. We watched a lot of European movies and had quite a VHS collection with plenty of Argento bootlegs and a beloved copy of the original Wicker Man. For a long time, I worked at a used media place where I could buy multimedia at a nice discount and sell these items back and only really lose the tax amount. It was pretty sweet. So collections of movies and records and books and so many comic books and graphic novels would balloon out and recede quite a bit over the years. And eventually, I gave my extensive and cumbersome VHS collection to some like-minded friends and sold off uh, most everything I had that I could make a few bucks off of, which included movies, DVDs, and Blu-rays. By the time we started Documenteers, I maintained a much more uh, minimal collection of stuff, uh, which really was just junk I couldn't sell back. And I tried to hang my consumptions more onto digital media versions. I, but, you know, I got 10 different streaming passwords, just like everyone else. Some we pay for, some we don't. Like like everywhere, right? Uh, leading up to documenteers, our movie nerdery, uh, if that's a word, was at an all-time low, honestly. We did like documentaries, but for the most part, we were just watching uh, one superhero movie after the other, like so many other people. When I look back on that drought, looking back, that was really all I was watching with that period of time that I consider a movie appreciation drought. But, uh, but documenteers... 
it lit that fire once again. And we've truly come a long way since we started podcasting. And after having a few years of the show under my belt, I felt a little more refined and confident in how I could discuss movies, but perhaps slightly more mature, I, <laughs> just a little, than I was in my early 20s. A little, but not much. I was definitely more of a, like a blowhard back then, though, and probably not as open-minded to certain things as I am now. And if you told that to my younger self, he never would have admitted that. Uh, so movies overall have become a big part of mine and Angela's life once again. And we have the documenteers to thank for that. And you for supporting us to thank for that. And so we now venture back into film, but a much, much broader in scope. Not quite as original a concept as our specific documentary theme, admittedly. But what comes now is something that will embody that and much more. And it's on YouTube. Uh, another goddamn movie review show and we're calling it movie humpers all one word because you know my maturity level definitely has a ceiling movie humpers that will be the new name of this feed farewell documenteers the caterpillar you couldn't touch hello movie humpers the cool ass moth now four sentences ago if you'll recall i mentioned that movie humpers is on youtube it's so far a video show and it will always initially be in that format. We quietly launched it about three weeks ago at this point. It's very new, and this podcast is really my first public announcement of it, even amongst close friends. You can actually go to YouTube right now, search for and subscribe, as you should, to Movie Humpers, all one word. Go do that, right, go do that if you don't mind. Go and see that we already have about seven or eight episodes that Angela and I have done hours of content already there and you can see our beautiful faces trying stuff out on youtube is a humbling venture we ain't that young anymore and looking at myself i can't deny that i need to hang out on that treadmill at the garage a little more often uh angela looks beautiful though as always i've always enjoyed the uh, comfort of audio only formats my generation like the older millennials and the the younger as well will probably be the last ones to truly see the radio as a particularly big deal especially talk and news radio weird ass shows like coast to coast and freeform music radio which was huge for me where you would hear all the big college rock stuff of the day alongside eclectically themed music programs nashville where we're based out of had uh wrvu and I got to be a part of that at the very end of its demise. We have since uh, gotten WRVU's spiritual successor in the donor-funded WXNA, where our old friends Drew, Johnny, and Greg currently do shows. But, but the point I'm making is that the radio was a big deal for me growing up, and podcasting felt natural to want to do. I'm sure it's no different for you guys. There's a fairly specific age range for the podcasting audience, and it's about... 35, maybe 30, and that might be generous and up. I knew for my next project, Post Documenteers, that I would have to leave my preferred format and attempt to build something in other media if I wanted to eventually grow my projects into something that connects with a larger audience. So we've been recording ourselves discussing movies on video, doing this screen style that's kind of like what you might see on some streams, 
that show our little heads and an image and the trailer of the movie we're discussing, as well as a credit scroll, a simple start, and something to build on, and I have a lot of ideas for the future. What does this mean for the podcast exactly? Well, it's simple. The podcast will pretty much be the audio of the YouTube episodes. I mean, it makes sense, right? In due time, we will see what special things might pop up for either the podcast or the YouTube show, but the vast majority of the Movie Humpers podcast will just be audio from YouTube. That way, you can still listen to us while you work in your factories or mow the lawn or drink quietly alone on your couch with all the lights out, but I will say that there is visual stuff I later edit into the YouTube show that is not unlike the classic documenteers clip style, but using images instead of audio, though I do still mess with audio as well sometimes. It's a lot more pulled back than a lot of documenteers episodes were, uh, but some documenteers episodes were relentless in their clipping, and some people uh, made it a point to tell me that. No shit, it would take me six hours to edit a documenteers episode on average at one point. And if it went over an hour, like an hour and a half, as they usually did, it could be longer than that. Like I said before, things are a little more refined these days, but my talking mouth is pretty much the same. And my mentality of gunning too hard for the joke won't ever truly go away. The visual edits are done after the recording, so the audio format is perfectly fine if the podcast version is all you want to, abdo- want to absorb. Nothing truly missing to understand it, but it's much more conversationally focused, and we sometimes speak on what we may be seeing in the studio. As for the classic co-hosts, and if they will appear on Movie Humpers, it's just Angela and I so far. I would never rule any guest appearances out. There are a couple people that I would love to bring back for, you know, random stuff, but nothing high pressure. We will see what happens uh, after uh, word of movie humpers gets around. I'm literally telling you all about it before most people I know know. You should feel special because you are. So the feed title and the name change will officially happen on the next episode drop, which is very near. And we will go ahead and drop podcast episodes of all that we have done so far that is posted up on YouTube. We'll drop those episodes into the podcast feed on consecutive days until we're caught up with the YouTube content. But if you're so thrilled that you don't want to wait to consume this wonderful content, then you can see our mugs yapping about this stuff right now over at the Movie Humpers YouTube. Subscribe now. You will be among the first. You can see my cool-ass opossum mask uh, in one of the videos, the Mad God one, I believe. I guess you could also play the YouTube videos and just listen to them as well. I do that with some things, but we got the feed and we might as well use it. Fuck it. As for what's happening at Movie Humpers since we've started, well, we've given March a loose theme called Animation Overdose, and we're seeing how often we can hit up the theme within the month's time. And so far we have about three animated movie discussions posted. Uh, Hotel Transylvania, Disney's Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs from 1937, and Phil Tippett's Mad God, which is fucking wild. I hope to at least do two more before the month ends. I think Akira is on the docket and maybe we can get to a a Don Bluth feature. You old heads uh, remember Don Bluth? We also have uh, subcategory shows that we will cycle through 
that are separate from the monthly themes. One is called Movie Roulette, and it's where one of us selects one of eight specific categories from a hat. From there, we randomly select a number from the list of that category and watch and discuss the movie we pick. We also have a category called randomly generated movie reviews and they are exactly that i go to the best looking website i can find that randomly generates movie titles and randomly generate a movie to discuss at the end of this introductory episode we select for those categories and our first of those reviews are up right now on youtube we also do a category called at the movies where we attempt to go to the actual movies once a week and discuss what we saw our first one is one of our most recent drops. We went and saw Scream 6. It was either that or Shazam! Fury of the Gods. and It didn't really feel like much of a choice, to be honest. You can watch it on YouTube now, or you can find it here in about a week. We also have a plan to discuss Best Picture winners, starting with the most recent. So at some point, we will be discussing everything, everywhere, all at once. I haven't seen it yet and I'm curious what you all thought of that. I've also been experimenting with writing up solo monologues and essays on certain movies as well, trying to diversify my angles into movie discussion with this podcast being an important part of that. I think my ultimate goal would be for some of these discussions to be streamed live on YouTube or Twitch, particularly the At The Movies drops because they're the most recent and relevant. You can follow my Twitch if you got that sort of thing. My Twitch handle is your very own Bob Sham. And I'll probably change that into something else as soon as Twitch lets me. Uh, when the time comes, I will try to provide notice of live recordings on the episodes. And if you're not busy, I'd love it if some of y'all came and said hi sometime. I've talked to several of you over the years, and I hope you're all doing well. And maybe you would like to look at my big-ass, round, Charlie Brown head while Angela chastises me for being inappropriate about something. The future seems bright, is all I'm saying. And I really want to work at doing something that movie appreciators like yourself will want to hear or see. And, you know, just being ourselves. Discuss things in our classic, sincere, but also very silly style. We make good points, but we try not to be too stuffy about stuff. We want to be accessible. I want to start a cult, and I'd be a lot nicer than a lot of these other cult leaders, like a really nice version of Keith Raniere without the branding. Uh, this intro is long, but weren't they always? Thank you for indulging me. I've missed y'all. The Documenteers episodes on the feed aren't going anywhere, by the way. Our history is important, and we may even revisit some favorites over time. But enough of my rambling. And now on to the very first episode of Movie Humpers. You might recognize the theme. It's an original it's an original track. I don't have to pay for, so why not? It's classic. You love it. Good day. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to um uh movie movie humpers. That's the best I could come up with. For, I like it. Because we're we're taking a venture into we love movies. So much. You'll probably hear weird sounds coming from the floor here. Our dogs. It's dogs. It's not yeah, hold on. There's anything like, else happening. Like there's a dog right over there, Jackie. So now I gotta readjust that. <laughs> you almost there need a go. third optional dog cam. Yeah, we do we'll get <laughs> as I figure out what I'm doing, 
uh, we'll get dog cams and stuff. But, but what, this is what we're going to, I've been wanting to do this for a while. Um, I want to re- review movies. I think we're, we lo- all, all we do is watch movies and wrestling. That's yeah. me personally. You watch a few more shows. Yeah, a few. I, I feel like I honestly don't have time for TV anymore. And, and it seems like there's not much out there aside from pro wrestling yeah. that I even really want to watch. I think there's like, you know, I hear about a show and I'm like, I'll put it in the bank. Sure. Like I'll watch the boys eventually. Eventually. I want to watch the the Andor Star Wars show mm. with Diego Luna. I do love him. With that one. Yeah. Based on prequel or rogue one. But that's the only one of those that I've seen that I want to watch. Every All the other ones look awful. Controversial statement. Rogue One is the best Star Wars movie. I don't know if that's that controversial. Oh, okay. I think well, a lot. It's my favorite. You mean of all of, of them? all of them? Oh well, maybe a little more. <laughs> I think if you were like, it's the third best Star Wars movie. I think a lot of people would be like, I know what you're talking about. I mean, sure, yes. I do think the first two are very good. Yeah, the first not two are in very continuity, good. but in release, yeah, are very good. Yeah, very very good. But like, yeah, we. There will be plenty of time to talk about fucking Star Wars. And honestly, we should talk about Star Wars just so people will watch these videos. Yeah, I do. So I do watch movies and wrestling and some TV shows, but drag queens. Drag, yeah, you like drag queens. I watch a lot of drag race and drag related shows, podcasts, all of it. I do like sports, but like I find I don't make too much time to watch them lately. No, I don't, the only sport I like to watch on television is basketball. Yeah. But we don't do it well, ever. Well, that's because <laughs> the sling package which we got to watch hockey and basketball moved off of the right. our local Fox Sports 1 affiliate and moved to Bally, which is only available on a cable package. Ugh. Or cable. you can pay 20 bucks. No. For the Bally app, as if we ain't got 8,000 other fucking streaming things, <laughs> you know? Yeah. How much do you think, how much do we pay in streaming? Not counting um, the passwords that we're sharing from friends, what we share oh. out. Because only a normal person, like if you're paying for every single one of your streamings, unless you're very rich, normal people are swapping passwords, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. We 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 have Sling with a couple added packages, uh, we have HBO Max, but that's included with our cell phones, so, luckily. So far. Um, Apparently, Peacock's least... getting dumped from, uh, like, if you got a cable package, you yeah. get Peacock for free, like a lot of these. Yeah, yeah. And apparently, they're dropping that on certain services. Ugh. Well, we just pay independently for that one. Yeah, five old I bucks. bet if we count all of the Japanese wrestling and stuff, too, it's definitely over $100. Like, it might be, like, 120 yeah, $30 just for Japanese wrestling. That's what kind of people we are. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, someone else pays for... Well, we shouldn't really get no, into the details. don't get into the details. We? No. Should we? But we pay a lot for shit. So we shouldn't be dragged, okay? And we're buying a bunch of pay-per-views all the time. God, yeah. We had to join Fight Plus. I didn't even count that. And now that we're doing this, we're probably going to end up buying movies. We'll try not to talk too much about wrestling on this show, but we actually have no a, promises. We have a podcast where we do that. Yeah. Called So Into Wrestling. Yeah, you if just, you like wrestling. Yeah, go check it out. Or us. It's weekly. Or both. Yeah. So Into Wrestling. But this is our introductory introductory episode to Movie Humpers. Yes. Movie Humpers, we hump movies. We love it. Are we sexually harassing these movies? No, 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 no. We are- Are um, they willing- 
I mean, I feel like movies are consensual because they want you to enjoy them. That's a good point. So I'm going to say that we have like a loving, consensual relationship with movies. That's good. Um, yeah. So <laughs> movies are cool with us humping them. And they're just dry humps. We're not like pulling <laughs> anything humps. out. Nothing's getting penetrated. It's just humps. Too much. Yeah. We can back off that now. <laughs> you afraid? You afraid right. for your job? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, works in waste management. Ace. <laughs> uh, like uh, Tony uh, Soprano. <laughs> yeah, me and Tony. But we're going to review movies. I want to do at least one new one every week. Uh-huh. And then other ones that no one will watch that we would just want to talk about. I mean, they might want to talk about them, too. Yeah. And if we'll we get like into, them, someone should probably else like them. But it's but I'm just saying that because like I feel like I'm at the a low ebb of wanting to watch shit like superhero movies. Oh yeah, yeah. But that but when you go online to talk about movies, there's eight gajillion people bringing up like, um, the Batman or some shit. You know, like movies that like aren't bad, but I'm just tired. Yeah, and we're not going to talk about that stuff very much. So I, we are the movie review podcast or movie discussion podcast. Podcast, video, cast. What are we? It's like a vlog, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and podcast. We're recording our thoughts about movies. And maybe we're the person that you click on if you're tired of the superhero movies like we are. No, we're going to end up talking about <laughs> everything at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's just is going to happen. But we want to... Um, do we want to be controversial? Ooh. You what know? do you mean? I don't know. Like, really be personally insulting to people involved in these movies oh no mm, i don't no. think i want to do that i don't think we want to do that unless they particularly piss you off i think that we will be honest about how we feel about these movies we're not going to be like nice to somebody just because and we'll just give our honest opinions yeah and, and we're like ex we're explicit right yeah yeah okay, I'll, okay. i think i'll probably do something <laughs> at the beginning okay to show that we're explicit people okay that we keep it down and dirty up Always. in here. What's the rec most recent movie that you're like, this sucks? The most recent movie that I thought sucked? Yeah. That you're like, this movie fucking sucks. was not prepared for this. I can tell you mine. Yeah, tell me yours and then I'll try to think of mine. Uh, speaking of superhero movies, Thor Love and Thunder fucking sucked. Yeah, that was not good. That shit was awful. Awful. What was that... Um movie we watched it ended up being like fun but it was not good at all and it was like a horror film and the guy kept talking about how he was from la i'm not sure oh my gosh i have a hard time retaining <laughs> kind of information especially yeah. doing shit like this like once i once we finish the discussion of the movie we're going to talk about today which is playing above me yeah uh, right now it's at the warped <laughs> The warped film part of it. Oh, that part gives me like a headache. And uh, yeah, but we're talking about uh, like after I talk about the story of the Kelly gang, mm -hmm. I may re remember some facts, but I'm just going to flush it out of my brain and move mm -hmm. on to the next movie. And only the ones, the real cream of the crop will stick in my craw. Yeah. Because like you think about certain movies that just stick in your craw. Yeah. And that's when you know you're on to something special. But whatever you were talking about, 
you can't really remember it that much. That's right? why it maybe wasn't so great. Maybe it wasn't that good, right? Yeah, I just remember we were laughing about the fact that the guy kept saying he was from LA, so he could handle anything. <laughs> but it was a horror movie. Oh, are you talking about? See now I'm now I'm doing that where mm-hmm. I'm like trying. Yeah. To... But I think I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, but it's not, <laughs> it was not memorable. <laughs> people in the house were people in the house. Barbarian. Is that what you're talking no, about? Not no, not Barbarian. I liked Barbarian. Yeah, it was pretty. It's not perfect, but no, it, I thought perfect, it was pretty good. I did not. That was not a bad movie. I liked I, that movie. I would say like the first three-fourths of that movie were actually pretty great. This was a movie that we watched here in the basement uh, with my brother. We're not basement-dwelling internet weirdos. We own, we own our own basement. A basement. And we have a huge projection screen yeah. in the basement. It's a not projector. the worst projector. It's the one up from the worst. Yeah, yeah. We we returned the worst one and got a little <laughs> bit of a better one. Fucking projectors can go up to like ten grand easy. Yeah. Like the kind that we see when we go to the Bell Court here in Nashville and watch yeah. our movies. Oh, yeah. Those are like thousands and thousands of dollars, those projectors. Totally. But uh, yeah, but yeah, we are going to talk about a movie, and I thought it'd be fun. <laughs> Again, this movie right here <laughs> to discuss this uh, what is considered the first full length feature film, and there's a, like a lot of uh, this might be debatable as far as yeah, because I found movie, a list movie. of of like ten. First movies, and this wasn't wasn't even on there. But, but it's but it's, it's like debatable. A, it, you talked about like a bunch of things that were fictionalized, but they're like three minutes long. And then there was a one hundred plus minute fight, but that's more considered like a documentary. But at the time, it was just the longest filmed thing. Like a, yeah, like a sports event. Yeah, that's kind of what I consider that. Yeah, for but, sure. But as far as like a long feature movie with a story that seems like. It's written and properly acted, produced, directed. It's this one. It's this one. Yeah. The story of the Kelly gang. (laughs) Except the red part where they're starting to burn the police station or the bank. But yeah, you can see it. It's a hotel. Hotel, right. (laughs) It's a public domain. I'm pretty, yeah, it's 1906. It's got to be public domain. So I figured we could just play it on a loop over and over again. This movie is a hundred and... 15 years old-ish? Is my math right? 1906. Directed by uh, Mr. Charles Tate. Uh, He he got his whole fucking family involved. Oh, yeah? They embodied all the Tates are in this fucking movie. Nice. They embodied the Kelly gang. I love it. And and the Kelly gang is like Australia's Billy the Kid, Wyatt kind of stuff. Yeah, it definitely seemed... Though they're the bad guys, they're also, they're the heroes. They're, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, it's very much that you're kind of rooting for them. I was definitely rooting for them anytime that they got one over on somebody. They're like gentlemen gang. Yeah, they're, portray- like they, they're portrayed here as noble thieves. Yeah, they don't hurt women and children or steal from women and children. They pretty much don't hurt anybody except one guy that they said was self-defense. Yeah. One policeman. And you know the truth is probably that they were just straight up fucking killers. Oh, totally. Right? Totally. That's probably the true story. But there's been a lot of movies made about Ned Mm -hmm. Kelly and the Kelly gang over the years. Yeah. That are made in Australia. And they love this shit. It's like there are Hatfields and McCoys. And yeah, that's some shit that we are supposed to be into over here. (laughs) That we don't know shit about. Right, right, right. Now, this thing was supposed to be... 
uh, 45 minutes to an hour in I total? I thought it was like 100 minutes. Really? Yeah. But a lot of the film um, is just gone or yeah, just destroyed. It or... just doesn't exist anymore. I think they said, there there is at the beginning, they kind of give a little bit of history of setting this up. And they do actually say how many feet of film were salvageable. Yeah. And, you know, if you watch this, like... You mentioned there's the, the, I don't know which side of the screen it is to me, but um, how there's like the really difficult bit to watch. Like it was like barely there film. Like they salvaged as much as they could. And some of it's almost even like impossible to look at. Yeah. And they had to kind of, it was the National uh, Film and Sound Archive that yeah. put this together. Yeah. And they put in like their own words to, to move along the narrative and they explain what was missing. And, and if there was like, you know, the film was broken, but it had some images in the stills there. They kind of put that in to contribute to the narrative. And there's some cool images in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. They also pulled from um, some images that have been on a poster, some like kind of um, advertising sort of stills too. And so. if you would have figured who would put out the first full length feature film, would you really think it would be redneck England? <laughs> Redneck England. <laughs> yeah, that's where they sent all their prisoners. Right? Oh, that's right. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so no no wonder they love a crook over the <laughs> <Hobby>. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I love Australia. I to, is it bad if I have a drink of You can do what you water. want. Here, let's let's uh hydrate. This is a little different than I'm I'm used to podcasting where you have to make zero noise and not like you mm. know, drink your water with cranberry juice in it. Uh, we're just about at the yeah we the the movie on the loop just ended so it's gonna cycle back through. Nice, nice. But uh, but yeah, and also got a cool image right oh, here <laughs> of just uh, the image of uh, Ned Kelly in the movie in the Iron Mask outfit. Oh yes. But let's get into this story. Let's get into this movie. All right. John, uh, I wrote John Tate. It's directed by Charles Tate, written by Charles Tate and John Tate, the Tates. The Tate brothers. Yeah. And uh, we start off with like a, a constable who follows Kate Kelly to the house where the gang is. So mm -hmm. we're starting off like we're looking for the gang. And then so she, he starts to rough handle her. Yeah. And then the gang comes out. It looks like they shoot him in the leg. Yeah, they he gets up though. Like I think they shoot at him, but basically what happens is they shoot at him and then Kate gets his gun. Yeah. And so she then holds him hostage while the gang rides away and mommy like waves at them proudly. Don't you feel like in like these silent movies that there's something like comical just about how everyone is acting? Oh yeah. Because there's gotta be a little overacting in this, right? It's totally overacting. I mean, you think about it prior to this too, like history wise, it was all stage acting anyway, which is sure. much bigger and needs to be much bigger. Whatever Australia's version of vaudeville was. Absolutely. Like vaudeville into this. And so so yeah, it's all very big, but because you're trying to it's like you're playing charades with your story. You know, yeah, like you yeah. have to do everything with your body. But Kate Kelly. She's waving that gun around. I love her. I think she's great. I think that uh, she takes charge. Yeah. And this is a feminist film. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kate Kelly. And uh, Mrs. Eileen uh, Warnos. Oh, yeah. You killed seven men. 
Yes, you do. And I'm asking you, what got you to kill the seven And I'm men? telling you because the cops let me keep killing them. Uh, we're just talking about our icons here. <laughs> the queen, Eileen. Um. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, it's a fun scene. The way she's holding the gun and the constable's like trying to like grab at her. And I'm like, Kate, shoot him. He's like oh, trying I know. to reach for your gun. And the mother is waving bye to the gang. While the gang is riding off and the gang's like waving by. Yeah. It's just a very comical scene. It's very comical. It's also very sweet. Like in that moment, again, the constable's the bad guy. This seems like a comedy. <laughs> so the gang go out to the wombat ranges and to escape. And the they... police have a camp out there. Yeah. And they start shooting parrots. The police are not portrayed as good here. They're like a little bit psycho, more psycho than the Kelly gang. I felt extra offended that they were shooting parrots because parrots are very smart birds. <laughs> yeah. I've recently been obsessed with parrots, as you well know. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to get a parrot because no, we, we have can't. three dogs and three cats and our roommate has a cat. Like, this is not a good place for a bird. But yeah, I'm a little obsessed with parrots and parrots are extremely smart. So you know what? I didn't even feel bad when the Kelly shot that man. If we got if we got a bird, it would have to be like a big one of the biggest those big fucking birds with that where the dogs would be scared of it. But then those things mm, like a flamingo. And then those things live to like eighty years old. A flamingo. How yeah, what, no, what is the lifespan I, of a flamingo? No idea. We'll get you a flamingo. A peacock? Can I have a peacock? Some people do farm peacocks. Not really. I just want chickens. One day I'll have a chickens. Now we're we're just going like through all the birds right now. <laughs> okay, okay. You know so, there was a, a Carolina parakeet. There the the uh, uh, the United States once had a native para- parakeet. Oh wow! Called the Carolina parakeet, and it got hunted to extinction. Probably those fucking policemen. I bet cops were shooting them here 20th too. Twentieth century. Probably cops hiding out, looking for Billy the Kid. Shot the last fucking Carolina parakeet. So, back to the story, the Kelly gang was just going to hide out, but they heard the gunshots of these policemen killing the parrots, yeah. and so they come up on those policemen and shoot one of them. They actually do say, put your hands up or we're going to shoot you. Yeah. And one guy puts his hand up, and the other guy got shot. Yeah. So, and then, uh, so they take over the camp, and then... The other cops show up, mm-hmm. and then a shootout ensues, and the gang escapes. Yes. And I guess, like, I think they killed, like, three cops in that yeah, scene. Yeah, they did kill some people. But they are they were killing parrots, so fine. Exactly. We're cool with it. Totally. Uh, we go to Young Husband's Station, probably the longest scene. This is quite long. Well, the longest that we have uh, for the, us to see. That we're able to see yeah. here. And they're holding, and it's just like a fixed camera shot, pretty much, right? Yeah. And holding I, along the entrance of a church here. This is my favorite. It looks like, it looks like a church. It does, they do call it a station, but mm. it, I love this scene because they just walk up and knock on the door and a lady answers the door and they say, it looks as though they just say, would you all please come out? Because we have guns. And yeah. then they all came out and it, they robbed the men <laughs> and they did not rob the women or children because they said they do not rob yes, women and children. They are honorable, wink, wink, right? The propaganda here. And <laughs> it's not cop, pro- it's not propaganda. <laughs> no. Sandy Gloucester, the hawker, he yes. gets robbed. And 
they take his van. They take his van. They, they go call through it a van. his stuff. But by van, it's just a like a horse caravan. Strong caravan. Yeah. 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 And hawker in this instance means like someone who sells goods. So yeah. he had a bunch of clothes and cigars and. And they rob Macaulay, the station manager. So it'll be like men are coming in and they're robbing them, going through their pockets. And then women will come in and be like, how do you do, madam? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) How to do. How to do, madam. So they go and rob the Euro Bank as it closes. And police are chasing Kate, who's going to warn... uh, the Kelly gang. Because one of their, that Stennett guy, I think his name was. Sherritt? Aaron Sherritt. Sherritt was telling on them and like basically saying this is where they are to the police. And Kate heard that. Yeah. And so she went uh, to try to warn the gang mm. that the cops knew where they were and what they were doing. So when they reached Sherritt, they shoot his ass, yelled, death to all traitors. Death to all traitors. That's the, I think that's the motto of movie humpers. Hell yeah. Death to all traitors. I'm going to cross stitch it and hang it up on the wall behind me. You'll see it behind her one day. Uh, So, and they take his wife hostage because, sorry, you married a traitor? Yeah, Mrs. Sherritt, what were you thinking? Gross. Then they raid the police station and they dress up like policemen and they cut the comm lines. And then they make the plate layers tear up the tracks because they want to rob the train. And this is a lot of us reading this story that's been like kind of recreated this part is very heavy on reading a lot of this was lost still images so we didn't really get to see them dressed up like police it's almost kind of absurd that we're reviewing this movie but we're just having fun here you don't have to accept any judgment we have we just want to talk about movies that's all that matters yeah but if you do disagree with us regarding any movie we discuss in the future you're wrong and we're right (laughs) so that's all you really need to know, but we're just trying to have fun here. Yep. We're just trying to have fun. So this is when they go to the hotel. Yeah. Because they're waiting for the train to wreck so they can go and get their spoils. Someone prevents the train. Someone who got out of the hostage situation, who knew the train was going to crash, yes. went and prevented the train from derailing. So that was prevented. It was like the headmaster of the school. He basically sort of told on someone else who was like trying to get yeah, away yeah, or do yeah. something and while the gang was distracted he snuck away right. and he went and like warned the train so the train people were safe now and they're then trying the police to, were coming now a train a derail train can topple and who knows what's on that train right so that's kind of not killed a bunch of that's, people that's kind of like they're talking about how they don't rob uh women or children but like there could be women and children on this train Bobby, that's going to derail. These are technicalities <laughs> that you're getting into right now that are really not necessary to this story. The eggs that they lead to the omelet. They can't see okay. what's on the train. They are assuming it is gold and not children. Maybe just a pure supply train, right? Maybe. I don't because know. of sexism, there probably weren't women working on the train. Because of sexism. But. Because Kate Kelly was for the first ever fem- feminist. <laughs> Right inside saddle with that pistol. She was Eileen Warnos before we had an Eileen Warnos. There is a... You sabotaged my ass, society. Stop calling her Eileen Warnos. There is a <laughs> beautiful picture of her, though, side saddle on a white horse holding a gun. Yeah, it's pretty dope. It's pretty dope. It's kind of one of the best images of the whole it, movie. Yes. I think there should... The movie posters of this should be that with the words death to all traitors. Yes. On <laughs> 
yes. Oh, also, my second, so second favorite image that they showed us was a still also. And it was where the gang is reading their wanted poster. Yeah. And it looked like like a record cover or something. So they're holed up in the Glen Rowan Hotel. Uh-huh. And the police are like, how would, how do we uh, get a gang out of here? Even though that there's children and women in this hotel. We set the whole fucking thing on fire. fire. Uh, yeah. F- Father Gibney is like, no. Father, they, pre- they present Father Gibney as like the hero guy. There's a dude that gets shot that's a hostage. And at the end, it makes it a point to show that he saved this guy's life. Yeah, he was one of the plate layers. They would, like, carry people with them. Like, when they did something, they would take their hostages Yeah, to the next location. And Steve and Dan, two members of the gang, shoot each other instead of getting captured. Yeah, because now the hotel's on fire. Cops are outside. A child gets shot at one point. Yeah. But Ned Kelly, he's a little different. It's an accident when the child gets shot. This is like a proto-Iron Man. Oh, yeah. Right? Well, where has he been this whole time? Because it talks about how he hit, he like hid till the morning. Yeah, he hid somewhere and then found all this metal gear. Yeah, he put all this like armor on. He put like a makeshift armor on. And I think this is, this is like the climax. This is what makes the story of the Kelly gang different. Yeah. Is that he was straight up like, I am Iron Man. And he came out like shooting. Yeah. And... At first, you're, they're trying to shoot him, like, I guess, in the chest and stuff, and the bullets are bouncing off. He gets shot in the hand, which sucks, but he's still kind of up. Yeah. Then they shoot him in the legs. And they take him down. And then they take him down. And then Ned is captured. And that is the end of the 1906 story of the Kelly Gang. It's the Iron Man thing that kind of makes this story stand out. Yeah. Because we, we'd watched this a little, some time ago before. Yeah. In anticipation of doing something like this. And when it went to the end and the guy's wearing the armor, I realized that I'd heard this story before because that's the detail of a dude, an outlaw trying to get away from cops, dresses up in armor to try to get away with the being a gang member, I guess. So, yeah. And that's kind of the cool detail, right? Yeah. Do you think if you didn't put the armor on, would Australia be as obsessed? No. So if he didn't put the armor on and go back, because the deal was he obviously didn't know that his whole gang was dead. Yeah. He had been hiding and he was waiting until the morning to go and try to like find them, like reunite with them. And so the fact that instead of running away or going back home, he put on this armor and walked into the police people, police yeah. people, police yeah. people, police people walked into them. They were all police men at the time, again, because of sexism. And so um, <clears throat> good thing that Kate Kelly changed all this. He walked in and he kept walking. He did not back down. Yeah, he. And so, yeah, it kind of makes him a tragic like, hero. Like that Tom Petty song. He didn't back down. Yeah, he won't back down. Yeah. Uh, but like Natalie and Bruglia, I'm kind of torn. As to maybe how I'd want to rate this movie and how I would approach that. Oh, man. Um, So what we're going to do is you're going to give it one through five humps. We're going to hump the How many times would you hump this movie? <laughs> and I will say how many times I would hump it. Mm. And then we combine them. And then, and then when we combine them, we will we will <laughs> rank. We will rank this in our, in our, we'll assert it into a, a tier ranking. 
So how many do you give it? I'm going to give it three. Three. Okay. And the reason for three is that it's not the complete movie. It can't help that. No. But there's obviously going to be something lacking. I liked what I saw. I thought it was it was a gen, it's a genuinely funny movie. It was funny. <laughs> it was funny and I think for being the first movie ever like you have to give it some props as well. Oh, there's that one. I love Kate. Remember when they were at the station and they were going to rob that guy, the guy on the horse rides up and then they're like, put up your dukes. And then he puts his hand up and the horse just rides right. off screen. <laughs> like that was generally like funnier than most comedy things I've seen lately. Gosh, now I'm like, did I give it a high enough score? Oh, actually, I think I understand why it's around average because yeah. I don't think you can call it bad. No. But it'd be weird to be like, this is the best movie yeah, I've ever I'm seen. Yeah, I'm going to stay with three because I really feel like it's, you know, a little above middle. Mm-hmm. And if I could watch the whole movie, I would. Yes. I would. I and wouldn't. it might get higher. I would refuse. I would, <laughs> if they found a lost print, I would refuse to watch it. I'm going to give it a 2.75, just slightly above average I also have for the historical factor. Sorry, I, not to interrupt you, um, but I do happen to already have a favorite black and white silent film. So, Oh, Haxon? Yes. Yeah, well, we're not talking about that. Well, but someday maybe we You'll will probably talk about Haxon like because Haxon is the best. The best black and white film. Black and white silent film that exists. I think it's like a Swedish and Danish movie documentary film documentary about the history of witchcraft with some great reenact yeah we recommend oh good i think that's public domain too so i think it is we should watch it so three combined with 2.75 that is 5.75 a 5.75 ranking brings it into hold on just a second here uh well it brings it into a c tier Mm. So, as of this recording, as of this time, the number, the best ever C-tier movie mm-hmm. is the story of the Kelly Gang. All right. 1906, directed, <laughs> directed by Charles Tate. So, we did it. We did we, it. We reviewed our first freaking movie. And uh, so... What have we got in store for the future? Mm. What have we got in store for the future? What are we going to do? We kind of want to see how consistently we put this out because we want to get into some themes. Yeah. And we want to talk about brand new movies in the theater, too. The, the episodes that people will probably actually watch. But but I have a, a couple. But I want to go ahead and assign us two movies. Okay. To watch in the near future. Okay. And the first one is very simple. It is... I got up here on this website. I pulled it up on the screen. Uh Uh-huh. The random movie generator. Oh, right. You told me about this. I'm excited. Bestrandoms.com. Bestrandoms.com. It is the best. That sounds like a hookup site. It is the best. (laughs) (laughs) It is the best movie generator (laughs) that I've. That I've come across. Because I found one movie generator that was like literally kept throwing up movies that were like all within the last three years. I'm like, no, I want you to go back into the history. I want you to go all over the, the, the world with the, with the movies. Yeah, hell yeah. All over the world. So 
for this, all time. So this is what we're gonna do. All right. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit this button here, and the movie that comes up. That's what we're gonna watch, no matter what it is. We're gonna okay. review it, no matter what. What if we just watched it last week? Well, then that might help, and we can maybe <laughs> record this pretty soon. Okay, so I'm hitting the button. Okay. I'm hitting the button. If it's Ryan Johnson's Brick, we watched that last week already. I'm just saying. It's okay. All right. <laughs> this movie, it's a 2020 movie. Okay. It stars Gary Oldman. Okay. Amanda Seyfried. Huh. Lily Collins. Arliss Howard. It's called Mank. Oh? And I think Mank is like a film writer. I think he's a guy that uh, wrote films. Okay. But we're going to watch a movie starring Gary Oldman called Mank. I could be wrong as to what I think this is. It's okay if you're wrong. But we're not going to look it up. Yeah, we're not going to look it up. We're not going to look we, it we up. We got to watch all. it. Blind. So, yeah, let me write this down because we will forget. Mank. Mank. Okay. That was fun. A randomly generated movie. Yeah. And at the end of every randomly generated movie episode, we'll randomly generate the next movie. Okay. So those episodes will lead into the other episodes. I love it. But I have another idea. Okay. Here. <laughs> Very uh, dramatic. Uh-oh. Not so random. This is just my flat cap that I've got, like, some things that you're going to draw okay. out of it. Okay. But I have created... A, let's see, I've created eight movie categories, and I've made lists of movies in these categories. Okay. Right? Yeah, this is cool. So, and I'm going to read you the categories, and I want you to tell me what you think the category is. Oh, oh like, okay. All right. And some will probably be pretty obvious. Sure. Spring Awakenings and Summer Sadness. What is that? Um, I think it is coming of age films. Yeah, that's right. And like summer films. Classic and off co- usually coming of age films. Classic and offbeat coming of age movies. Love it. Correct. Love that. Uh recycled material. What do oh, you think that's about? Um okay. Could either be remakes of movies that are existed or biopics, but I'm gonna say remakes. I think re- it is remakes of okay. previous existing movies. But also uh, movies that were foreign movies that were adapted into an English format. I consider that a remake. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and also uh, movies like like the Beverly Hillbillies that were an old show that later became like a movie that they made. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like the Munsters movie we watched not too long yes. ago. And, um, and like maybe like cartoons. And not something that's like how... Veronica Mars was a TV show and then went off to have a movie. Not that. No, because, no, yeah, it's, that makes sense. The movie has to be kind of separated from, Based from on the players separate. involved to the original cartoon or show. Got it. So it's like it becomes its own thing. Got it. Are you going to make me watch Let the Right One In? Or whatever they called it in America. If you, it depends on how the 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 cards fall. The original film, Let the, Let the Right One In, is one of my favorite movies. All right, let's go to the next category. I've refused to watch the American one so far, I'm just saying. Okay. Okay. That Dark Shadows, the Tim Burton's Dark Shadows on there, too. And I know you've got something about how you're so loyal to the original Dark Shadows that you refuse to watch Because that. it is a serious drama. If you if you select this, if, you, if that gets selected, you have to watch it. Okay. All right, next category. <laughs> 
Next category. Okay. Pop of ages. Pop of ages. Pop of ages. I'm going to say that that's musicals. Not quite. Oh, I, is it like chart toppers, like biggest box office? It's popular music oh. and popular musicians and movies. And it's movies mm. in particular, like um, like there are some documentaries on here, uh-huh. rock docs as they might call them. Sure. But I was very selective. There's It's not like saturated with them. Mm. And also like biographical movies about musicians, mm. like Your Great Balls of Fire, The Buddy Holly totally. Story. Okay. Uh, for one of the documentaries, we Coal Miner's Daughter. Uh, Coal Miner's Daughter. I put the and movies that like where popular music is just so interweaved throughout the movie that it feels like it's a part of it. Empire Records. Yes. Um. Empire Records. There's some Martin Scorsese movies that are like that. Wes mm-hmm. Anderson movies are like that. Just movies that that really seem like popular music is just really at the heart of it. Yeah. So. <laughs> Garden State. <laughs> I did. I did not put that. On. I thought about it. I, mean, I thought about it. Isn't he just talking about that Shin song for half the movie? Uh, next category: Exsanguinators. Oh, oh! I can't. You what, just have to remember what I can't exsangu- remember what exsanguinate means. It means to drain the body of blood. Ooh. Is it particularly vampire films or all horror? The vampire on film. Hell yeah. This is a very, like, a lot of these categories are not very, I haven't put too many movies, but this one, I put just about every vampire movie I could find. That's there's, exciting. There's 153 selections on that list. Did you put that? And, Nick, and there's probably more than that. Did you put that Nick Cage one where he's like, maybe not a vampire, but he thinks he is? I think it's in there somewhere. I've never seen that and I want to. I, don't I know think it's, it's in there somewhere. But there's a lot of like B movies on this list, so you could once bitten. We could be watching some like straight trash, you know. Oh, I'm excited! Now, uh, the next one, "Caught in a Bad Romance." Caught in a Bad Romance. What do you think that's about? Um, is it like sleeping with the enemy kind of stuff? Mm, yes. Okay, so like, oh, I can't remember what we called that genre of movie we called it domestic thrillers yeah <laughs> um but this is movies about offbeat romance and bad relationships so like true romance and stuff like that with sleeping the, with the enemy, the enemy stuff like that yeah, yeah. fear Ooh, fear is swim good. fan gone girl Ooh, then you got fan. like the bodyguard and wild at heart movies like that Aww. now the next- oh I, I know what Wild at Heart is, and I love Wild at Heart, but I always think of Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken. Yeah, yeah. Very <laughs> different movie. Which go into this very category. Very different movie. <laughs> uh, very different styles there. Yeah. Uh, uh, next category, Angels in Cinema. I bet you won't get this one. Angels in Cinema. Angels in Cinema. Um, Is it Ghosts? No. Um, Not Angels in Movies, either. I name. I'll tell you. I pulled the title. I it was inspired by the movie title "Angels in America." Okay. 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 So is it um is it LGBT? Yes. Stuff. Okay. Cool. Essential LGBTQ cinema that kind of speaks more to the history of it. I love that. And I put up. There's about uh, 45 selections on here. There's some I purposely left out. Like mm. I left out like Brokeback Mountain because mm. I think it. I think I, I, it's not that I even think that's a bad movie. I think it's, it's a, a good movie. movie. Yeah. But it's almost like too much of like the straight person's 
the first person thing that they would pick yeah. as like a gay movie. Yeah, so we want to go deeper. So we went a little deeper. Some of these things are more well-known and some aren't, you know. And there's a few documentaries in here. I could probably well. beef up this list a little bit for you, too. Oh, well, maybe. Maybe you can. Maybe you can. <laughs> Bet you I can. All right. Uh, a Future in Apathy. What is uh, what is that? What do you think Post-apocalyptic? Or... A future in apathy. If it's not post-apocalyptic, then maybe sci-fi, uh, robot AI shit. Um, pretty close. Like you're half right. It's science fiction from the nineties. <laughs> okay. And uh, you know that that Bill stere- and Ted. that stereotype that like at least it's like a western stereotype mm. of that like we were like oh we didn't know we didn't care the 90s it was it's stupid but that's yeah. how i got that title okay and you could just imagine all the the sci-fi movies we grew up watching that weren't in the 80s and uh, our last category a challenging performance for everybody what do you think that category is about a challenging performance for everybody? For everybody. It's going to be challenging for everybody. Please tell me you're not going to make me watch Woody Allen films. Well, some categories have a couple of uh, Woody Allen movies in them. Can I just go ahead and state for the record right now that I hate Woody Allen <laughs> and I'm not going to want to watch any of these movies and I might throw up. So. Well, if you throw up, that could be a part of your grade, your rating. As long as not a single fucking penny we pay for anything yeah we'll steal them okay. uh, allegedly we'll steal them not paying we'll steal any money we'll allegedly steal the woody, allen, woody allen anything so you want me to tell you what this category is movies in which actors portray people with intellectual disabilities we're gonna have to watch riding on the bus with my sister uh, that is on the list. This is the sh- <laughs> this is the shortest list. Yeah, I'm sure that we have because there's actually a lot of movies, like you know, made for TV movies about like this single mom has an autistic son. It's like sure, it's not it's not worth talking about. Here. There actually is a few movies on here where like it is about kind of uh, extreme cases of autism. Sure, but the majority of like like we're not that's not. We're not talking about autism unless it's at its most, like Rain Man is on here, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, to the mm-hmm. point where it seems like really debil. but most autism, you can live with it. You can live a normal Absolutely. life. It's not an intellectual thing. Yeah. Although a couple cases on here are kind of extreme, but we're talking like, I can go through the whole list right now, like of Mice and Men, mm-hmm. Charlie, oh. Rain Man, the other of Mice and Men, What's mm-hmm. Eating Gilbert Grape. Mm-hmm. I love the. So far, those are all good. I love the porn parody, uh, Who's Eating Gilbert's Gape? <laughs> Promise that's not on the list. <laughs> uh, Forrest Gump. Okay. The Boys Next Door, which is based on a play. I don't think I know that one. Sling Blade, one of my Sling classic is, yeah. favorites. That's a good movie. Uh, <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, just, I haven't seen it since it came out. I just out. like that scene where Dwight Yoakam gets angry. I like that he doesn't wear a hat. Yeah. Just- <laughs> There's something about Mary. Uh, there is um This one might be debatable, actually. There's a, I've never seen There's Something About Mary. There's a... Really? Well, yeah. Ma- 
Uh, I've there's seen some a, clips. I've never watched it. There's a Lars von Trier movie called Idiotern. That okay. might not technically qualify. We'll see. Um, the Other Sister. Yeah. There's one that came out in 99 called Molly. Okay. Which kind of has a similar plot to Charlie. Interesting. I'm interested in Charlie because I don't know if I've seen yeah. the movie, but I've read Flowers for Algernon multiple times. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't, I don't think I read that book coming up, but really? I know a lot of people did. I don't know how I missed it. It's a good one. Uh, I Am Sam. Okay. Pumpkin. Okay. That's the when Christina Ricci is- I saw that. Uh, is she- Okay. She's dating a boy with- <gasps> Right. Okay. It's been a long time since I saw that one too. Uh, radio. Mm-hmm. Profoundly Normal, which features a Kirstie Alley who, I, cr- who's crushing it. I do know of that. Yes. Who, I've heard who, people talk about who it. Who acts her freaking head off in this movie. Uh, riding the bus with my sister. Yeah. The Ringer. Okay. Which specifically has both people with certain disabilities and people portraying people. It's mm. like both. Mm-hmm. But The Ringer kind of is like a more of a heartwarming tale mm-hmm. than you would think. There's one in Australian film called The Black Balloon mm-hmm. and a Safdie Brothers movie called Good Time where Benny Safdie plays um, a brother of the main character who okay. has intellectual disabilities. Okay. And let me tell you, when I'm t- I've, I named everything in chronological order from mm-hmm. what I was able to find. And once you hit the mid two thousands, the actors playing um, uh, intellectually disabled people drops off hard. Like it's not until like like the like it's the Ringers in two thousand five, mm-hmm. and then the Black Balloon pops up in two thousand eight, mm. and then after that, it's like Good Time comes out in twenty seventeen. Oh, like Hollywood yeah. at that point was like, let's we shouldn't be doing let's this. Stop. Yeah, let's stop this, please. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised that you didn't put the movie I told you about last week on here. The Dream Team. The Dream? I don't... It's 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 a good one. It's like Michael Keaton, Christopher Lloyd, guys like that. Yeah. They are in a home because they're mentally disabled, and they escape and go on an adventure. Like, our, it, wow. Well, see, I, how did I not hear about this? I don't know. I feel like I told you about it. It's very challenging putting this list together. Yeah, sure. And it's challenging in the sense that, like, people... We're, are, we kept lumping in, like, I wanted a very specific category. Mm-hmm. People kept lump, lumping in, like, physical disabilities, yeah. like my left foot. And I'm like, these aren't the same. Mm-mm. These aren't the same. That's not what I'm looking for. And specifically, it has to be actors portraying mm-hmm. intellectual disabilities. There are a lot of, like, there's it's a lot more common nowadays that you have um, actors, like, say, with Down syndrome. Like, there's more than ever. Absolutely. And they're Playing doing characters. genuine yeah. roles. Yep. But, uh. But yeah, so I've got this flat cap, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm going to hold this out to you. Okay. And you're going to draw one, okay? Okay, I'm trying to just get one. They're tangled. Yeah, sorry. Okay, got it. All right, you got one. Tell me what it is. Future in apathy. Future in apathy. Now, let me let me put something Do I like roll here. a die or something? Nope. Oh, are you going to do a number generator? Yep. Okay. So, a future in apathy. Fu- I so don't care about this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So future in apathy. We have 76 selections okay. here. So let me look up random number generator. I'm going to go from 
Zero to 76. Zero? Yes, just to kind of up the odds of getting a one. Okay. If that makes That's sense. not the case, yeah. but just, okay. just pretend what I said makes sense. <laughs> What's going to pick zero? Just pretend what I said makes sense. <laughs> pick zero? Do I draw again? No, no. Well, uh, <laughs> all right, so here we go. I'm zero to 76. I'm hitting the generate. Uh-huh. The number is 63. The 63rd movie on this list is Robert Longo's 1990 film, 1995 film starring um, uh, Keanu Reeves, Johnny Mnemonic. Oh, my gosh. We're watching Johnny Mnemonic. It is supposedly very dated. I haven't seen it since back then, and I so I don't remember it. It's I'm not, sure I'll remember it once we start watching it, but I'm excited. I don't recall it being a very... Um, well-regarded movie, Mm-mm. but it's a movie about, it's a tech-based movie from the mid-90s, so. You give me Keanu Reeves in the 90s, yeah, doing anything, I'm there. So there we go, right? I love Keanu Reeves. Keanu. You know, it's interesting, his, because <laughs> he, he's beloved now, but he's beloved based on his um, perspective of just being this really solid dude. Yeah. Like, he's not really beloved really that much by his movies. Because back in the day, he was kind of known as maybe not the best actor. That was his reputation. But but he also has been in movies. It may not be fair to say that across the board. But he was very much criticized in the way that he always played the exact same thing. Well, it was when he moved from playing, like, kind of the the dumb... The dumb, like, cutie boy, yeah. which was very much which early he was 90s, good at that. which he was very good at. It was when he tried to move into more serious things, which I think this might have even been the turn movie. Yeah. We'd have to look at the, like, chronological I think the Ma- movies. I think The Matrix might be the that movie. That was after this. That, well, yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying that might be the movie that became so big. Mm, that, that he was it, undeniable. That he kind of was able to maybe be a little more selective going into the future. Yeah. Because I notice he's not just in every movie. I actually read about how he turns down all these movies. Yeah. There is a scene, though, in the first Matrix where he's, like, talking to himself on the ledge of a building. And it's so. <laughs> <laughs> but I love him, like. Yeah. But I always have. But I fell in love with him when it was like Parenthood, Bill and Ted. Yes, yes. Like back then. So I just never stopped loving him. And then when he was not that great of an actor, it was like, but he's a nice guy. But I feel like the movies we see him in lately, like John Wick, like he works. I love John Wick. Like he works for those kind of movies, right? Like it makes sense he's in it. Yeah. Um, I think he very knows much what a his character. Are now. Very much a character actor. Yeah, yeah, he knows what his strengths are now, and he can say yes and no to whatever he fucking wants so apparently matthew perry who plays chandler from friends Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying it's a sarcastic (laughs) one and uh he recently come out with a book and he said there was some passage in it that i saw quoted that was something like he's talking about all the people he knew that died like john candy and river phoenix and then he said something along the lines of and keanu reeves still walks among us like he was like Like, straight up just trashing, like, can you believe that these guys are dead and Keanu Reeves is still out there acting? And I think he was, I think he thought he was funny. Uh-huh. I think he thought he was being funny. But he, but his sense of humor is from this outdated perspective where people did talk about Keanu like he wasn't the best actor. Mm-hmm. But that's not the perspective of Keanu now in this modern times. The perspective of Keanu now is that he's a really cool dude mm-hmm. who a lot of people have stories about him being a really cool dude. Mm-hmm. And now everyone just supports him because he's like a genuinely nice guy. 
And but but I think Matthew Perry was caught up in the old view of him and and apparently he doesn't know him that personally. So it's like he just came off as very bitter. Matthew Perry is of about the same age. And though he did friends, what's he doing now? He's just mm. jealous. Mm, Mr. Perry. Jealous. Yeah. Mm. Um mm. I would also throw a walk in the clouds in to the pre-matrix Keanu Reeves. That was a good movie. Yeah, wasn't that, that your, a good movie? Wasn't that your dad's favorite movie for a while? Yes, I've seen that movie upwards of twenty to thirty times because my dad wanted to watch it always. And now his favorite movie is like The Hangover Two or something. <laughs> don't I don't know. Remember when we watched The Hangover with your parents? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was laughing. It's, you know, it's fun. So yeah. <laughs> That's this episode, our introduction, to, your introduction to Movie Humpers. Mm-hmm. And we have assignments now that we'll get to when we can get to. Mank, 2020 Mank, starring Gary Oldman. I already had forgotten. And 1995's <laughs> Keanu vehicle, Johnny, Johnny Mnemonic. Mnemonic. Exciting. And uh, also keep on the lookout for some uh, new reviews of movies coming out lately. All right? So... Uh, what's what is a good sign off? Ooh, here? keep keep on humping. Keep keep on humping. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>